This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. All right. Well, welcome to everyone watching with us online. Welcome to everybody in the room. We are in a Holy Ground sermon series. This is week number five and the final week. You know, I I really wanted to move into the next sermon series this weekend, like really bad. It's called Bragging Rights. It's going to be, I just have this feeling about it. You know, Paul didn't brag about the amount of churches that he planted or, or the amount of people that he saw saved. Paul in 2 Corinthians bragged about his persecutions. How many times he was shipwrecked and and how many times he was beaten because of the message of Jesus Christ. I just have this feeling about it. I'm not sure a lot of us as Christians can really fathom what early Christianity was like. There was a sermon in the Temper Temper sermon series. Anybody remember that one? Back in February. Temper Temper? No? It's a good one, right? Back in Temper Temper, there was a message called The Cult of Comfort. The Cult of Comfort. And I think we're going to head back there just a little bit. If you haven't heard that one, go on the app, go to the podcast, listen to that one before next weekend. So I have a feeling about this sermon series coming up. It's going to be good. So speaking of old sermons, I'm going to bring back one that you also may remember. Who remembers Who Makes Mouths? have two, three hands, four, maybe. Yes. So I looked that up this week because this is the end of this conversation. I didn't want to move on into bragging rights and one that I'm really excited about before really solidly ending this conversation that we have been discussing. We've been exploring the conversation between God and Moses at the burning bush on holy ground throughout the series. And so it is the section of the conversation where God says, who makes mouths, Moses? I looked all week for that sermon. It doesn't exist. We all remember a sermon that I actually didn't preach. It was like a sub point of another sermon. And yet we all remember it. How crazy is that? It's like one of those, you know, even other people remember it. It was so memorable, this sermon. That's a pastor joke because usually we're the only ones that remember. Anyway. This is where we're going today, okay? Exodus. Exodus 4 is where we find the very end of this conversation between God and Moses. And it's where Moses, you know, all all four of these weeks so far that we've been talking about this conversation, God proves himself to Moses over and over and over and over again, right? I mean, he gives him signs and wonders. And last week we talked about the staff. He throws down on the ground and it turns into a snake and he picks it back up and it's a staff again or, or the hand thing. I mean, over and over and over again, God gives Moses signs. He gives him physical representations of what God is going to do in the spiritual. I mean, he proves it to him. And yet we still see Moses in Exodus 4 verse 10 plead with the Lord, pleads with him. He says, oh Lord, I'm I'm not very good with words. And you can feel his panic in this, right? He's already used every excuse in the book. (laughs) Now he's like, I have to come up with something that will let me out of this. How do I get out of this? Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. 
even though you've spoken, creator of heaven and earth, even though you've spoken, almighty God, I I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. I'm not very good with words. He says this to God as if it's news to God. Like God doesn't already know him better than he knows himself, right? Boy, do we have excuses. Oh boy, do we have excuses. Even though you've spoken, Lord. I just, I am, I'm get tongue-tied. I can't speak well. Like God had just answered every one of Moses' fears. He gave him the miraculous signs. He was patient with him and kind with him. And still, Moses has all these excuses. You know, I think if it were me, I'd want to shake him a little bit. Like, 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 are you serious, Moses? I, I just answered every single one of these, and you still come back at me with this. Like, I, I would want to tell him, haven't you ever heard the saying, where there's a will, there's a way, Moses? I assume that wasn't a saying back then. But, but it, there, there has to be a way. I would want to tell him how powerful he is as a human being. Do you know, we are unique on this earth. As human beings, we have a will. We have a spirit within us that can instruct our hearts to do. We're not overridden by the wild nature of ourselves, right? We can tell it what to do. We are powerful beings created in the image of a heavenly father who created everything. We're powerful in our own right, but with God at our backs, we're unstoppable. It doesn't matter how many... Uh, orders that the Pharaoh has, right? doesn't matter what any government on planet earth says, the kingdom will advance if God wills it so. And he was behind Moses in this. If we could just stop getting out of our, uh, getting in our own way, if we could just stop making excuses for a second and understand the, the plan and the power of God already within us. He wants to use us for so much more. And I think, I think what I realized all over again this week while I was studying this and creating a sermon I already thought I created was that fear is really rooted in selfishness. We, we want to think that it's not. We, we don't often think of it this way, but... I started thinking back to all of my excuses and my fear growing up. I grew up an extremely shy child, fear-filled kid. I couldn't get out of my own way. I couldn't. And there's some people that are quiet naturally and they like it that way. That's fine. But that wasn't who I was. I was quiet because I was scared. I think looking back now, I can see it more clearly. And I thought that if I would just hold all of my words in, I could control what other people think of me. (laughs) Anybody else know how wrong that is, (laughs) right? If I could just not say anything, then I'm in control of what they think. But if I say something, then I I release the control to them. I don't know. But people judge you whether you speak or not, right? So it didn't work anyway. My fear was rooted in this this selfishness that if, if, if I... If I just do all of the right things, then, then I can control how I look, how I'm perceived, and what they think of me. But there was no thought to how I'm making other people feel or how I can welcome them and include them, right? 
It was really just, it was all about me, how I'm perceived, how I look. I know this is super convicting for some of us, right? Moses was this way too, and that should be an encouragement to all of us that struggle with this because he said, and and listen again to this verse. Listen to all the I's and the me's in this verse. He said, I'm not very good with words. I have never been. I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. It's all about him. It's me, 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 me. It's fear, but it's selfishness. It's really just selfishness. When we begin to think of fear as selfishness, it really puts things in a different light. What are you afraid of right now? What do you have anxiety about? What's the the worry deep down in your soul? Just think of it this way. Like uncover all of the excuses because there will be excuses. Well, I'm not selfish. I just, whatever, I'm not selfish. I'm thinking about everybody else. Like I'm scared for them. (sighs) Keep going. (laughs) Uncover all those layers and get to the root of what that actually is. There's a selfish root under that fear. I almost guarantee it. This is the nature of it. Right? When we're not thinking of ourselves, that selflessness spurs us on to do the thing that God has called us to do, no matter how it affects us. We can be obedient through it with selflessness. Moses was afraid here of looking like a bad public speaker instead of actually caring about his family in slavery. Can you see the magnitude of this? Such a tiny fear compared to what he could actually, the difference that he could make in the world, not just his family, his family's family, their family's family. I mean, a nation full of people, his people. He couldn't get over a a tongue-tiedness to go and free them from slavery. the, The selfishness beyond that, when you actually think of it this way, it's absolutely astounding. He was too afraid of looking foolish. God had already addressed all of the other things, convincing the the Israelite elders and, and convincing Pharaoh himself. It wasn't about the plan working anymore. Moses just didn't want to open his mouth. Boy, can I relate. <laughs> Early on in church leadership, I had a very real conversation with God. Very honest, I should say. To God, I, I don't know if I actually can handle this. Like, are, are you sure you picked the right person? I, I, don't, I don't know if I actually can. Like, not the decision-making and the, the discipleship and the, I don't know, leadership of staff and, like, finances. Not all, any of that. I wasn't sure I could handle the criticisms from the world. But my uncle always said, if you stick your head above the crowd, somebody's bound to take a whack at it. Felt like a lot of wax. I wasn't, I just, God, I real honestly, are you sure I can handle this? Because with more fame, whatever, more notoriety, more leadership, more eyes on you, whatever you want to call it, comes more criticism. I already care too much what people think. (laughs) How am I going to handle this, God? Are you sure you called the right person? But the solution to all of our doubts and our fears isn't to run and hide. It's 
not to avoid the notoriety your gifts give you when it comes is to prepare yourself to handle it in a healthy way. This is why we can't live our lives for the approval of people. Can't. As you live for the praises of the people, you'll also die by the critiques of the people. You can't live for the crowds. You can't live for those likes on Instagram. Crowds are fickle. Fickle. They change their minds a lot. I'll be all about you one day and not at all about you the next. And I've struggled with that. Knowing that it was selfish. Knowing that it wasn't really about me. I just couldn't separate myself from the decisions and the, the, the approval and the compliments and the whatever. I, I couldn't separate my self-worth from all of that. And I said, God, are you sure you called the right person? Just like Moses, I heard my heart whispering that same thing. Because even though you've spoken, even though you have spoken, even though you've called me, I don't feel ready. Even though you've spoken, I'm still scared. Even though you've spoken, I'm still me. So are you sure you chose the right person? God, I trust you but I don't trust myself. Sounds like a really noble prayer, doesn't it? Trust you, but I don't trust myself. Because on one hand, we shouldn't trust everything about it. We we shouldn't trust our selfish nature, certainly. My, My body, my flesh wants things that it shouldn't have. I shouldn't trust that. I don't always make the right decisions for myself, right? My emotions get in the way. I make a rash decision. It's not what's actually best for me. So on one hand, I shouldn't trust myself. God, I I trust you, but I don't trust myself. But in this context, I said, God, I trust you. And he said, do you really? Because I called you. (laughs) Called you to be the you I created you to be. Not the you your selfish nature wants to turn you into being, but the you I created you to be. And I put you in the place where you are right now. So go be you. I call you for this time and place purpose. Do you really trust me? Doesn't God know you better than you know yourself? If God has spoken, who are you to say that you can't do it? If God has spoken, this is a sermon about self-doubt. And how when you're in the will of God, when you're following God to the best of your ability, it's not actually self-doubt anymore. It's God-doubt. Because here's God's answer. Verse 11. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth, Moses? But he's there saying, my mouth doesn't work right. I get tongue-tied. I don't speak very well. And God says, hello, who makes mouths? Kind of happened to know the guy that does that very thing. I made your mouth. I know you get tongue-tied. Look who you're talking to. Okay, he didn't freak out like that. Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Who makes mouths, Moses? Who makes mouths? You're talking to me about mouths as if you know more about them than I do. I created them. You're talking to me about you as if you know more about you than I do. Surprised I got all that right. That was a tongue twister. (laughs) 
we have to remember who we're talking to. Who makes mouths? I think this all the time. Ever since that one sermon, I'm constantly, who makes mouths? I'm doubting myself, but God put me here and he, he called me here and he asked me to do this. So buckle up, buttercup, right? Square your shoulders and get out there. Do the job I've called you to do. If God is calling you to something, he's going to equip you for it. And no amount of tongue-tiedness is going to get in your way. I I struggle. Even on that level sometimes, like the tongue-tied thing. I don't know how many of you are there too, but like I can be a deep thinker. Like we joke sometimes that I I get so deep that I drown in it. Like the, the thoughts get on top of me a little bit. The emotions, the feelings, the decisions, the whatever, it gets on top of me a little bit. I, I see a million different options. I see gray spots everywhere. I, I can see anything from anyone's perspective if I try hard enough, right? <laughs> like these, these waters run deep, if you know what I'm saying. But the Holy Spirit brings clarity. It's not about me. Now, I'm not saying, and this is where the world gets it wrong, right? The, the world says, just have faith in yourself. Just discover who you are. But it's not actually about me. It's about the Jesus within me. It's about the Holy Spirit within me. And when I tap into that, I have clarity. Even through all my deep emotions and whatever, I have clarity. The Holy Spirit brings clarity. He brings wisdom, which is not just the knowledge, but also what to do with that knowledge. He brings the clarity. I have given answers to people before, spiritual answers to spiritual questions that I did not know before they came out of my mouth. They asked me a question. I remember the first time this ever happened. It was in a kids' ministry setting. A parent came back with their kid, and they asked me something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was something about baptism. And I panicked a little bit in my brain. I said, I don't know the answer to that question. I had something in my hand. I remember turning around and I put it away. And as I did, I whispered, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, give me the answer. And I turned back around and I just, I remember starting to answer that question. And what came out of me was the right question. I knew it immediately as soon as I heard it, but I did not have that thought in my brain before I said it out of my mouth. The Holy Spirit will give you the answers if you can just step out in faith. I didn't run away from that situation and say, I don't know, I'm going to go find somebody who does, right? I said, Holy Spirit, help. And he spoke through me. I have had breakthrough moments here on this stage in front of you all where I put two and two together, but that was not in my notes, right? Like I prepared and, and I have pages of notes and whatever. I had the knowledge, but I didn't put the the clarity, the focus together until I was in front of people. The Holy Spirit brought clarity. Sometimes I'm I'm in there in the back before I deliver a sermon and I'm like, God, I have all these pages of notes. Like I'm physically prepared, but I feel scatterbrained right now. The tongue-tiedness that Moses is talking about. Like I feel like I'm all over the place. What even is the point of this message? Right? And I'm looking over my notes and I just say, you know what? More preparation isn't going to help me. Holy Spirit, I'm not going up there if you're not coming with me. I'm not going if you're not going. So here I go. Let's do this, Holy Spirit, right? And what comes out is clear. 
It's focused. That's not me. <laughs> right? It's not my brain anyway. It's my spirit mixed with the Holy Spirit. It is his spirit that comes out in those moments. Not my spirit, but the spirit of Jesus living within me. That's what God, I feel like God just wants to shake Moses in this moment. Like, I made mouths, dude. You think I can't handle this? You think me and you together, we, we don't have this? We've got this. In verse 12, he says, now go already. You dumb, no, he didn't say that. Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. He, did, he never asked Moses to use his own words. He asked him to use his own feet. Get up and go. He didn't say use your own words. Use my words. I will be with you as you speak. Not before. It's important to know. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you on what to say. There is, since we're on the subject of old sermons today, there's this sermon uh, from Johannes Amritzer, who many of you know. He's an evangelist who's come here many times. Uh, I've heard it a few times. He, he's given it here a few times, but it's called The Miracle is in the Movement. The miracle is in the movement. It's in the movement, <laughs> not before. It's in the movement. This is, there's something to be said in this Christian faith about going. Now, Go. When God speaks, get up and go. Don't second guess. Don't question. Don't doubt. Don't sit around and total your thumbs and worry. Is this the right thing to do? Right? Now, don't get me wrong. Because again, we just spent four weeks on Moses' fears. And in this conversation, God answered every one of Moses' fears up until this point. At this point, he says, go. Right? There comes an end to the, the question asking session. And he says, you better get up. And you better start moving. <laughs> Right? I will be there with you as you speak. As you speak. I will instruct you on in what to say, but get up and go. He's going to have an answer. Every question, every doubt, every fear, but some of that will come in the going, in the moving, not before. We see this all throughout the, the New Testament as well. This is not just an, an Old Testament idea. Right, Jesus, over and over again, he, you see these stories. Of the disciples are recounting for us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where he goes to a, a cripple at the town gate, a lame man who's been lame his entire life. He looks at him and says, do you want to be healed? The man looks back and says, yes. It's almost an insult to ask a man like that. Do you want to be healed, right? And then to add insult to injury, he says, get up and walk. How? Right? Like you almost want to say, Jesus, that's sort of insensitive. Like he, he's crippled. Obviously he wants to walk. He, he has to rely on the kindness of strangers for his everyday meals. Like, but the miracle was in the getting up and walking. In the going, the miracle is in the movement. The, the miraculous seems to happen as we step out, not before. It's not the feel, you don't feel healed before it comes. You begin to be healed. You get up and walk and the miracle happens. The miracle is in the movement and God is saying, now go Moses. This is faith. This is faith. Faith is an action word. You get up 
and you go. You're not going to experience faith sitting around, sitting, fretting, worrying, questioning, God, should I do it? Should I not do it? Can you just give me the feeling of faith? It doesn't always come. I'm here to tell you, it rarely comes. (laughs) Get up and walk and you will feel it as you go. I used to call this uh, fake it till you feel it. Back when I was really conquering my, my fear of social interaction and, and that sort of thing, I, I said, I'm just going to fake it. Till I feel, I'm going to fake confidence until I feel it. And I would get up and I'd go out there and I'd smile and I'd be the first to say hi. And I, my name is Candace. And then have a couple of questions in my back pocket for conversations. And I'd pretend to be confident. And guess what I felt along the way? Confidence. <laughs> it came to me magically. <laughs> Supernaturally, it came because the miracle is in the movement. There is, is a piece of this faith, this, this life that we're meant to participate in. God doesn't just give it to you all. He asks you to get up and go. And along the way is where we find faith. But Moses, again, verse 13, pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. Please send someone else, anyone else, anyone else. I'm laughing just because I know this darn prayer too well. Verse 14, then the Lord became angry with Moses. See, we often like to think of God as the love God right? God is love. He is graceful. He is kind. He'll answer every one of my fears. Yes, 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 yes. But there comes a point. He says, go, (laughs) right? Just go. He did become angry with Moses. All right. He said, what about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you now. As if God says, and look, he just happens to be on his way. I didn't have this prepared beforehand. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him. Put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take that shepherd's staff with you, that miracle stick that I've given you, and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Still Moses begged for someone else. And in God's anger, he sent help. Anyone else find that odd? Does that mess with anyone else's theology just a little bit in your head? Like, I I would think in God's anger, he punishes. Right? In, In God's anger, he takes away the calling. In God's anger, he picks someone else over me. In God's anger, he sent help. It's a good God. Loves to give us good things when we ask. He didn't let Moses out of it, to be clear, right? Didn't send someone else in his place. Didn't send Aaron in his place, but said, I will give you help. God almost always sends help in the form of people when we ask for it. There are those of us who love to be the givers, right? We love to help other people in those times. But when it comes down to us helping, like, or needing help, we don't want to receive it because people, right? And we don't want to be the ones to thank other people. We, we don't want to seem like the needy ones. God sends help in the form of people. It's called incarnational ministry if you want to get theological about it. When we needed help as a human race, he sent his son. Incarnational ministry. He sends people to help us. 
to support the mission, to support you, to speak for you, to defend decisions when you make them, to encourage you and cheer you on and love you even when there are no good decisions. Not infallible people, not perfect people, people nonetheless. We were created to be in community. Community with God and community with each other. And sometimes God's answers to your fears are partnerships with people. Be willing to be in community with them. Look, we have pulled so many truths out of this conversation. We've pulled so many nuggets for us to use in our own holy ground moments, our own conversations with God, because holy ground changes everything. Holy ground is that moment that you feel at one with your creator. That moment where you can be real with him. Have honest conversations. That moment changes everything. God is always calling you into that moment. There's a a burning bush in your wilderness somewhere today. He's always calling. He's calling to his people in slavery. He's calling them to be free. He's calling to you in, in the wilderness, telling you to come and help me. He's calling you to more. Holy ground changes our perspective on so many things. The bottom line of this conversation is that God wants you free and he wants you called. Called and challenged into more because that is life abundantly. We often think that life and life abundantly means life without persecution, struggle and strife. If God wanted life that way, he would have restored Eden a long time ago. For whatever reason, we're meant to be here now in this life. God wants you living life and life abundantly here. Your promised land right now may may currently be occupied by someone else. That life abundant that you've been picturing, maybe someone else has it right now. Make it through the wilderness and God will give it to you. The land of Canaan wasn't empty. (laughs) It had people living in it. God gave it to the Israelites. They had to get through the wilderness. It wasn't without work, spiritual work, like not complaining, even in the wilderness kind of work. But he gave it to them. So your job right now is not to look too far ahead and and plan and prepare and stake out that land and plan how you're going to go in and invade it, take from other people, right? That's not your job. Your job is to get through the wilderness. Your job is to have enough faith for today to keep that complaint from coming out of your mouth. Your job is to make it through the wilderness, to endure the hostility of today, to lead others, to grow closer to God, to grow closer to God yourself and to hear his voice. That's the job. Just enough for today. I was frustrated this week. Can I just be honest with you? So frustrated, frustrated that it seems like as a church, we have to go backward in many ways. Like, like we got together again and for two glorious weeks, it felt kind of normal. And I don't know, I felt momentum again in all the ways that I'm used to feeling it. Sometimes I forget who I'm talking to. 
forget that I'm talking to the God of heaven and earth who exists outside of time and knows what's going to happen better than I do. Right? I forget that God can use wilderness moments as much as he can use mountaintop ones. But he is always moving. That there's, there's spiritual growth all around me, even when I can't see it. And all I have to be, do is, is be faithful with what he's given me today. Be faithful today. Serve with humility. Understand that God knows more than I do about the future, about me. And just get up and go. Some days he draws me closer. Some days he comforts my fears. Some days he challenges me to do scary things. Some days he, he convicts me, makes me want to change. But God is always calling me into those holy ground moments. God knows what I need, when I need it, and he wants to be that for me. That's why he said, I am that I am. He left it open-ended like there's a blank space behind I am so that he can be I am the provider when we need a provider. So he can be, I am the healer when we need a healer. All we have to do is answer that call. Enter into those holy ground moments. Self-doubt keeps you from those moments. It makes you continue to count yourself out, even when God has counted you in. Self-doubt isn't warranted and it isn't helpful. He knows exactly who he created. He also knows exactly how much selfishness you've allowed to corrupt and how much obedience you've allowed to, to build you up. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he can fix all those things too. It's our job to let him. Father, I pray that you would Enable us to get rid of the self-doubt in our lives, the unhealthy self-doubt. Not that we would be overly confident of, of every decision we make, but that we would be able to move forward in faith into what you've called us to do, knowing that you will be with us through all of it. You will enable us. You will give us the gifts of the Holy Spirit when we need them. You will give us the wisdom and the clarity and the focus and the gifts that we need to accomplish the job you've called us to do. God, help us be confident in who you are. Help us constantly remind ourselves of who we're talking to. We are talking to the God that makes mouths, the God that creates human beings, the God that sends help when we need it, the God that provides when we need him to provide. You are, I am. You are such a good father. You love to give us good gifts. Father, help us remember that on a daily basis. Leaving the self-doubt at the door and focusing on who you are heads bowed and eyes still closed. Maybe today you've never felt that freedom that I keep talking about. That God wants you to live life and life abundantly, but you've never felt that life abundant. Like you, you've been stuck in this cycle of shame or I don't know. It just feels like you can never get anything right. Right? You, you grasp and you try to get things your own way. It just it does, never works out for me. Maybe that's because you need the freedom that comes with Jesus Christ. 
right? That He can wash away all of that selfishness, that sin, that ugliness in your life and give you something new, a fresh start with Him. He can forgive every selfish decision you've ever made and, and give you a brand new, fresh start with God. If that's you today, and you say, I want that forgiveness. I, I want to accept Jesus' forgiveness in my life. If you're at home, you could pray this prayer right along with us. Text the number on the screen. Go to effie.church slash I am in and get all the information you need to pray that prayer. Jesus, we ask you for forgiveness for every single person reaching out to you right now. Thank you in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for every single person that is struggling through self-doubt today. That is saying, God, I, I trust you, but I, I don't trust me. God, I pray that you would just wash them with the Holy Spirit. Give them the power that comes with the Holy Spirit, the love, the sound mind. God, you want us empowered. You wanna see us flourish in our gifts and callings. Father, I pray that today, just like so many years ago, and you did it with Moses, that today you would do that with us. Call us, challenge us more, convict us where we need it. Send us out of those holy ground moments different because we met with you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 